0: Today's episode is brought to you by Alexandra Park BJJ. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is a full-contact martial art and combat sport that was developed in Brazil in the 20th century. With roots in Judo and Japanese Jiu-Jitsu, has been developed and refined into a unique grappling art with the aim to allow a smaller and weaker individual to beat a bigger and stronger opponent with the application of proper technique. Based in Moswell Hill, North London, Alexandra Park BJJ's classes are designed so that you can develop your fitness levels, balance, coordination and flexibility in a no-pressure environment and to provide the opportunity to start a new sport at a reasonable price. At Alexandra Park BJJ, we aim to be inclusive so that everyone can benefit from this incredible art, not just the athletic or ultra-competitive. To book your free class, head over to alexandraparkbjj.co.uk or email inquiries at alexandraparkbjj.co.uk
1: Welcome to Audiobookish, an audiobook review and discussion podcast looking at audiobooks both big and small, as well as radio plays, narrative podcasts, anything audiobook-ish. This podcast may contain spoilers, rants, curse words, mispronunciations of names and places, and more.
0: Hello everyone, you're listening to Audiobookish. My name is Fahed Rahman, and as always I'm joined by Poppy Knight. Hello! And in this episode we're going to be discussing two more books on the Week Junior Book Awards Audiobook Shortlist and the two books are Running Out of Time by Simon Fox and Natural Wonders of the World by Lady Bird. and the first book that we're going to be discussing will be Running Out of Time by Simon Fox, and I'll read out the blurb for that one. So, Running Out of Time by Simon Fox, as narrated by Michael Golab. Alex can steal time. The most he can take at the moment is 15 seconds, but his grandmother took almost three minutes once, although he never saw it. When he and his father are separated while fleeing their home country, Alex finds himself completely alone on the shores of Britain, with only his extraordinary gift to keep him safe. So, yeah, what were your kind of initial impressions on this one, Poppy?
1: Yeah, so this one, it took me a little while to get into it, but then I really liked it when I did get into it. I really liked the whole concept. So, yeah, this is a blurb that doesn't really give a lot away, but kind of, not a spoiler because it's clear from right at the start, is that Alex can kind of look ahead uh, you know as it says at the moment 15 seconds and see how things are going to play out and then he can change it perhaps and so things will play out differently um, and that's sort of the key crux of this story uh, it's the magical element the supernatural thing and yeah I wasn't really with it at the start but then as it gets going as I know we'll talk about I really enjoyed how that was played with and what that did and um, what about you?
0: Yeah I, I actually I think out of all the books that we've listened to so far i think this is the one that i got into the quickest okay um, interesting, i think interesting. that's maybe because some of the other books are aimed at slightly younger audience or very got, much younger yes. or younger audience and i think this is for maybe slightly more mature audiences mm-hmm. maybe slightly older readers maybe what do you think maybe 12 13 14 years old yeah, maybe. probably, that seems yeah. about right. Yeah, yeah. it's a sort
1: of a middle grade kind of story, isn't yeah, it? So, um, um, but could go older, could be slightly younger maybe. Yeah, but yeah, slight, yeah slightly younger. Right.
0: So I think um, maybe that played to my sensibilities and likings um, mm. a little bit more. And plus, there are a few themes in there that I'm kind of quite interested in. I'm kind of yeah. quite interested in the plight of refugees. One of my mm-hmm. In my previous career, I was a solicitor, so I did a few immigration cases, so I'm fully aware of how malfunctioning the Mm. immigration system in this country has been for quite a long time. I was kind of quite interested in some of the other themes about using your talents against maybe your um, parents wishes and stuff like that. So that's Mm. the other thing that kind of like drew me in as well.
1: Yeah. No, that's very fair. I thought, yeah, I mean, maybe we'll stick on that point then about the talent um, that he's using. So, yeah, an interesting part in it is the fact that this is kind of a a family gift, Yeah, but there's differing opinions within the family about whether it's a good thing or a bad thing and whether it should be used or it shouldn't, which creates some tension and, yeah, some ethical questions that was interesting to think about as well. So, yeah, was that something you found interesting in the story?
0: Yeah, I think it's always the same with kind of time travel stories Mm. is like kind of making sure you're clear what the particular rules of this time travel gift are. Um, And then kind of also, you know, you know, know, there are kind of serious questions that he kind of asks himself. Is it correct for me to kind of like change the -hmm. direction of history? Maybe if I do something, someone else will, you know, kind of like all that butterfly effect stuff Mm -hmm. and that kind of directly affects, you know, his family and especially not to give too many spoilers away. Kind of his dad is very much anti using The family gifts for a reason that come apparent within the book, where Mm -hmm. his grandmother is very much in favor of him using the gift to kind of like protect himself and his family and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's kind of Mm -hmm. like those moral questions come up quite a lot, which I think is always like quite interesting to address.
1: Yes. Yeah, for sure. And definitely, like you say, ties with it being for more older listeners and you get into those really complex things and it is really asking the listener to think about that to think about this kind of moral gray area that alex is in and and what do we feel about it and stuff like that which is really interesting and i really liked it just from a kind of fantasy sci-fi you know story element kind of way i liked what it allows you to do with the story and with the characters the fact that you have kind of simultaneous storylines kind of playing out this playing out thing i've used it before and i really like how that's used in the book there are quite a lot of times where he says i let it play on which kind of means okay that bit that you've just heard which was me flashing forward if, if we want to look at it that way now bring that in to what actually happened yeah so there were times like that so instead of it repeating the full thing to tell you what actually happened that kind of i let it play on is like i've made the decision that the next 15 seconds is going to be as I just saw it, kind of thing, which was cool, versus the other times where instead he does something different. And similarly, I thought the writing was really clever there because I liked how then you kind of have a... You do have a repeat of what's just been said, but with a change to it, you know? So maybe you'll have the... he'll he'll go into this seeing into the future part and you'll have the first two sentences and the rest of it and then when he comes back the first two sentences might be exactly the same but then he does something different and i thought all those things those playing about with the repeats and the variations on them was really clever and i really really enjoyed that part of it
0: yeah so i think maybe this book has some of my favorite sound design as well In all the books that we've listened to, because when he does use his gift, there's kind of like like a sound effect comes on that alters his voice. And you're very much clear, all right, this is where he's kind of using
1: his Mm -hmm. power
0: to kind of like see a little bit into the future. And then it snaps back to kind of like normal narration without any sound effect. And I found that was a really effective use of sound design. It kind of really... Especially when he's got such a small amount of time to work with, when there's kind of Mm -hmm. action sequences, it really adds a sense of like urgency to those sequences and danger and kind of like him not knowing what the right decision to do once he comes back into kind of the regular timeline is. So I found Mm -hmm. that a really effective use of sound design.
1: Yeah. So I had a, I had conflicting feelings about that. And certainly, so yeah, it's like, it's like a whoosh sound and then a kind of, Underwatery, wavy kind of sound. <laughs> yeah, great description there. And yeah. then another whoosh, kind of pulling yeah. you back, kind of thing. Um, and it really made me think of like two thousands, CBBC, TV shows, kind of thing. I don't know if yeah. that's a, a good comparison, but okay. that's what it made me think of. Yeah? yeah, it was that kind of magic, and on that kind of production value is sort of how Uh, I saw it you know what I mean like it took me back to I think you know before visually going on visual effects kind of thing before visual effects got that good and you could kind of tell there were an effect is so I don't know when I first listened to it at least that was the vibe I was getting and I thought it was a bit cheesy and I didn't Uh. really get on with it I realised after a lot of trying to place it that it's exactly the effect on that So Raven when she's having a vision. So yeah, I struggled to take it seriously. But I completely agree with you that the what it does to signify that he's in this different zone, that he's using his power, is extremely effective. And yeah, it's difficult because I think it works really well and I like a lot of things about it, but in general I still kind of didn't love it and yeah okay. I, thought, I thought it made it a bit kind of cheesy um okay. but i, mean, I completely one.
0: disagree with you i thought it worked really well and, really long. That's and fair. i think it's my favorite part of the book um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and i'm very sorry and i don't mean to offend um but no and I, I do think it was good and i certainly think if you didn't have it that would be a massive shame yeah. um but just I think yeah just imp- make it
0: really confusing if you didn't have something to mm. signify the difference between yeah. those two sections yeah
1: yeah for sure But yes, to me, it gave me the impression of it being a bit cheesy, but um, I liked it. And then because, you know, so much of it isn't cheesy because it's so serious. Yeah. I think that, you know, that then balanced it out
0: as well. Yeah. We're kind of like talking about how the book is separated between him using his powers and sections where he's not using his powers. It's also separated in sections in before and then Mm -hmm. after and kind of like before they come to the UK and then like afterwards and I felt those sections is is kind of like I don't know if it's a complex way to kind of like structure a book for children but I found I kind of quite enjoyed kind of him being in the present Mm -hmm. then kind of like flashing back to the past and then going back to the present I felt that was kind of a really nice way to keep the tempo in the story going
1: yeah as well so for sure yeah 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 and the kind of things of like revealing information or concealing information and all those really clever things definitely and the fact that it's a book about time and moving through it in a non-chronological way having that non-chronological structure is um really good and yeah it does definitely come up in children's books probably not in the you know very young ones but as you get into this older age range then yeah authors are playing around more with those kind of stories um and those kind of structures just as you know kids are learning in their own writing you know in classrooms and stuff like that that these are the kind of things that they can do you know they start learning what chronological order is and they start learning okay but what if you start the story in the middle rather than starting it at the beginning and all that kind of stuff so yeah it's maybe another indicator that we've moved to the older end of children's but really engaging kind of thing. And yeah, that alternation between the two, fantastic for just kind of being interesting in general, but tying to the theme of time. They're also quite short chapters as well, which yeah. I think is another good thing for kind of keeping engagement up and stuff like that. It also was great for the tension because you ended the chapter on a really tense moment and then you have to wait a whole nother chapter before you find out what happens because we flipped to the opposite you know, before or after time zone. So that was, again, really, really good. It made you keep wanting to come back for more.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, And in in terms of tension, I think another thing that does kind of indicate that is for maybe slightly older readers, there are genuine moments of jeopardy where I had kind of like my hand in my mouth as like, oh my God, they're they're really going to get hurt Mm. here, which I don't um, want to say like maybe younger readers, it might be a little bit too much for them because I think, Younger readers can take quite a lot of tension and jeopardy, but there's kind of like, you know, there were really tense moments <laughs> in this and kind mm-hmm. of that made it all the more all the more enjoyable mm-hmm. for me. Um, and I also kind of really like that um, Alex is just, he's got just enough power to get himself into trouble. He isn't mm. kind of like this all-powerful kind of like superhero. So it's kind of like that, that limitation as well, I think also adds quite a lot of tension because he's not really, he hasn't really mastered his, abilities mm. just yet so i found that quite interesting too
1: yes and that actually ties onto something else i was going to say in a way that i hadn't thought of so it's really interesting to hear you say that because you compared when we were doing um, ice children that bianca was kind of like a lyra sort of figure yeah. and i felt that alex was very much a will parry kind of character oh, okay, yeah
0: yeah um
1: in a in a really good way and the not the one I'd thought of but the way you said there is kind of the has this power that they're kind of learning how to use like they're extremely powerful but they don't really know how to do it and they have the limitations and stuff like that but also just as a character you know kind of that moral compass and real tie to family and wanting to keep his family safe but also being willing to go and do what needs to be done and put himself in, in danger in order to save his family and or do what is right and kind of the, yeah, combating the bad people in the world to protect the good people in the world yeah. and to do the right thing and stuff like that. I think he was a very similar character, you know. I think if you like the Will Parry character, then you can really get on with, with the Alex character in this as well.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's a really interesting um, parallel that you've drawn. Mm. Now. I think that there are probably kind of quite a lot of similarities with both of them searching for their kind of like mm. dad in one way or another. Both are kind of being chased by... Yeah, um, moving uh, through a,
1: different realities yeah, to get away through, from here. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, and stuff like that. They, I mean, it's kind of quite... There's quite a lot of like dense stuff in there, kind of stuff mm. about the nature of how we should be treating refugees. Yes. Um, people smugglers, mm-hmm. um, taking risks to... Um, expose wrongdoing in your own country kind of like the entire um it was really chilling the the start of the book I found like quite chilling kind of like the way he describes how he was started to be treated differently at school and how it started with like small changes and stuff like that I found that kind of like yeah really genuinely kind of like quite chilling it's kind of like you know when totalitarian regimes arise it's not kind of like a big thing it's these small little Mm. steps all right you've done we've done that you're happy with that we're going to take it a step further step further step further and that's kind of like Mm. a really interesting look into that as well yeah
1: yeah definitely some very serious themes and some very serious topics you know the setting the backstory of that character the country of corruption that they're fleeing and trying to expose and yeah the difficulties to actually be. A refugee and how do you flee a country and get to safety and yeah all those kinds of things and i think by combining it with this you know sci-fi kind of magic element isn't in any way diminishing that i think it's just using that as a way to engage young listeners with those issues kind of thing you know um the two are connected in a really good way it's not like either one is shoehorned into the other I think they're both very like to be taken seriously things not one isn't like the lighter side of the other or anything like that I think it's just a really good way of using books using fiction using stories to explore these you know really difficult things that are going on at the moment and that you know children are becoming aware of and need to know about and it is complex and things like that it was kind of interesting listening to the bit at the end to kind of learn that it was less that the author had a connection with refugees and that experience himself beforehand and it was kind of something that was researched for the book yeah. um because it felt more like it had come from that place and yet yeah, not necessarily a point to say on that I just found that interesting because it wasn't what I'd expected when I got to the end I expected I'd get to the end and find out that this was a book that was came out of a certain experience because of refugees and stuff like that and actually yeah. to find out that they kind of I guess organically kind of came together and it's not something that he has a a personal first-hand experience of, but just researched for this book. I I don't know. I thought it was quite interesting.
0: Yeah, I I felt it was kind of quite interesting. I mean, you kind of touched on the end of the book as well and it's kind of really difficult when you're discussing endings of books, how much you gave away. Some people might be a little bit, I don't know if we can talk about it or not. We probably shouldn't talk
1: about it too much. I think there is a twist and I thought the twist was fantastic and I loved it. And I think the ending was really good but also leaves you with questions And there's an obvious question that it leaves you with but it also leaves you with questions of whoa okay wait a minute this resolution what does this mean what are the ethical things about this what do i feel about all the other things that have happened in the book related to this ending it was was really really good
0: yeah so i mean even saying there's a twist might be giving a little bit too much away but yeah it's kind (laughs) of yeah yeah okay um let's kind of quickly touch on the narration i thought yes The narration was really, really good. Michael Golub, I think he did a a really good job. Um, I think he paced his narration really nicely, which is not something that I usually pick up on, but I think Mm -hmm. he kind of paced his narration really nicely. I I really enjoyed it.
1: You're going to get offended by me again, because for for me personally, I thought it was a little bit slow, Um, but that might have been partly because... um, with various things going on, I have been listening through some of these quicker and turning them yeah. up anyway, so I'd sort yeah. of already sped up a bit and therefore obviously when you then go to slowing down, it feels really slow. But I still think for my pace and for the action that was in this yeah. book, because it is quite a high-paced, tense, action book for me personally, I think the narration at normal one-time speed was a little slow, but I did enjoy it and I, I liked the expression in it. Um, I found in some ways it sounded kind of like it had a posh element to it. I was kind yeah. of had like, kind of like a Prince Charming, um Jamie Lannister kind of yeah, vibes okay, going yeah, through at yeah, least when yeah, I first yeah. listened to it, which took a bit of getting used to. But yeah, and then it also, I had a bit of a look at his voice reels and stuff like that. And he performs in a variety of different accents, you know, just kind of an RP English and also kind of English with a Polish accent, English with a German accent, different languages with different combinations of the accents. And it's interesting here because we don't, know what country Alex comes from um, yeah. but there's sort of hints to it and I think that's partially why they've chosen Michael and why Michael has chosen this particular accent to use with this story um, from his repertoire so yeah but I thought it was really good to listen to I thought it was a bit slow for my taste um, but I did really like his performance in it and thought he did a, a really good job of telling the story
0: yeah, yeah. it's just i um, maybe it's because like in my um experience kind of when I do speak to not necessarily people from like Poland but you know my younger nephew's got a friend who's uh Polish I think and mm. he kind of sort of speaks like Michael Golab when he's kind of like putting on the yes i to me it didn't really sound that out of place so um is there any kind of other talking points that you wanted to you wanted to raise?
1: Uh, I think we actually covered yeah most of the things I Absolutely loved the story and what it does with all the different elements of it. Um, I thought the narration was really good. I did have, yeah, visions of sort of swirly, bright colors and you swooping for a portal yeah. kind of effects. Um, when I was hearing the, uh, sound effects, but yeah. I do think that they had a really important role to play in this audio book. And I think listening to this in audio because of that is a, yeah, I think. I think because of that is a real reason to listen to this in audio because it is a different experience. You do feel, even if it's a cheesy swoop, you yeah. do kind of feel physically whooped through yeah. into, you know, uh, you know, affected by this magical power um, along with him, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, um,
0: yeah. So, I mean, I don't agree with the cheesy part. I think this was really <laughs> well put together um, audio yeah. audiobook. I thought the sound effects were fine. I think out of all the books we've listened to so far, I think this has probably been my favourite. Um, I think. Uh, again, kind of maybe for slightly older readers, I think this would make, I hate doing that thing when you're listening to audio audiobook and thinking about this would be a really good TV show, but I think this would be kind of a really good like mm. short, like Netflix um, limited series, TV show, something like that. But yeah, mm-hmm. again, the, the audio was a, a really great way to experience the story. And I think it yeah. firmly deserves to be on this shortlist. I think it's for me, maybe one of the front runners cool. so far. Cool. So, yeah, I think that's a thumbs up from both of us.
1: Yeah, definitely. Do
0: you want to read out the blurb for Natural Wonders of the World?
1: Yes. So, Natural Wonders of the World Ladybird Audio Adventures. This Ladybird story was written by Sidra Ansari, narrated by Ben Bailey Smith, with Sophie Aldred and Kristen Atherton. In Natural Wonders of the World, our fearless explorer Otto, voiced by actor, comedian and writer Ben Bailey Smith, and Missy, the smartest raven in the universe, takes us on a journey of discovery across the globe to learn about the seven natural wonders of the world. We dive amongst the coral in the weird and wonderful Great Barrier Reef, climb to the coldest heights of Mount Everest, and strap in for some splashingly good fun down the rapids at the Grand Canyon. As well as a rip-roaring adventure, this audiobook also teaches children about the importance of preserving nature and what we can all do to help our world.
0: Great. So this is like an hour long. Mm-hmm. It's a really kind of, I think this is kind of almost perfect kind of like bath time, bedtime listening. Okay, really, cool, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. kind of like just kind of maybe for shorter jo- journeys for kind of like younger children um, mm-hmm. as well. I kind of quite enjoy this. I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a massive Ben Bailey Smith fan, but I do I enjoy a lot of the stuff. That he does do, I think he's got a great kind of like comedic range, and I think he's you know Mm -hmm. if he performs the text here quite well, um, Mm -hmm. kind of what what were your thoughts on it?
1: Yeah, yeah. So kind of similar things to what you've said. Yeah, it's a short thing, kind of an hour in total, but also split up into the little chapters of kind of the different seven wonders uh, that they go and visit, and then again, so that's even better. You've got kind of like short eight to fifteen minute segments that you can dip in and out of uh which is really good or you can mm. listen to it all at once which is great and then yeah so Ben Billy Smith uh also known as Doc Brown I am a fan of really like uh his comedy stuff you know I, I knew him as a comedian before I uh knew him as kind of other stuff that he's done but also he's written his own kids books uh, and I like those so yeah I'm a fan of him and here as well he's very much put on his CBB's presenter voice yeah. Um, here, which, you know, if you don't like that, then you might find that annoying, but, like, th- this very much is, it's like a CBB show. That, yes. that is the vibe I yeah. got from this, you know, because you've got, you know, essentially Missy the Raven is kind of like, you know, the puppet sidekick that they usually have. And it's educational, but it does it by uh, having a fun setting around it, you know. It's great. It genuinely is, like, all those really good educational but fun uh kids TV shows but in audio and it's brilliant so yeah they kind of have this time machine teleporter that allows them to go and visit all these places as well as yeah go back in time and see them at a different point in time and they have the histogram that tells them lots of interesting facts as well as Otto being able to tell Missy the Raven a load of facts and yeah Missy's just sort of squawking at various points and kind of being a bit like the listener um squawks of kind of confusion, which prompt oh yes, maybe I should explain this, which is obviously kind of explaining it to the listener, um, kind of thing. So yeah, I genuinely really enjoyed it. I thought it was fab, and I think because there's so many sound effects as well, you know, they go into the teleporter in their beep boop boop and then, you know, you washed off somewhere, there are engine noises while they're flying somewhere, which is cool. It was yeah, a really wonderful experience, I thought. What did you think?
0: Yeah, I this is like obviously, kind of very much aimed at, at younger readers. Um, mm-hmm. So there's not as much to kind of. It's really difficult to judge these books because they're like they're, all, they're, they're they so are they're so different. Yeah. All the books on the on the shortlist are so different. It's really it seems like harsh to kind of like compare and contrast mm-hmm. these two But like for what this is. It does what it does really, really well. Kind of I yes. think you reference kind of like C B B shows, kind of like if anyone's seen the Andy Day T V shows, kind of like Andy's like Dinosaur Adventures, that right. sort of thing where he kind of like gets into a machine and they all go back to the past and mm. look at like a Tyrannosaurus Rex. It's very much similar to that vibe. So if you've got children that enjoyed that, you know, Andy's um, Dinosaur Adventures or shows similar to that, they'll really love and get on with this book mm-hmm. as well, I think. Yeah, again, as you mentioned, um, yeah, you know, Doc Brown is putting on his, um, very much enthusiastic kind mm-hmm. of like CBBC TV children's television presenter voice, kind of like, you know, being very friendly and, um, effusive, really, um, kind of like enunciating like the punchlines and stuff like that to make mm-hmm. sure that the kids know where, when, when and where to laugh. And when he's saying something like particularly silly, I think one of my favorite sections was when they were climbing. I can't remember if it was like the Grand Canyon or if it was one of the mountains that they were climbing, and he got really tired. Mm. And he was decided a volcano. Yeah, maybe the volcano, the volcano bit. Any of this kind of volcano and he got really tired. It's like, oh, this is a this is a kind yeah. of a quite hard hard work, and he decides to to kind of like use his machine to try and like get the rest of the way. So I kind of really enjoyed that kind of like uh, aspect where he's not afraid to make um fun of himself. And I think yeah. the uh, what's the name of the mechanical? it's not mechanical contraption. What's the name of the
1: uh, like it's the histogram, the yeah, the thing. histogram are yeah. kind of like
0: that has kind of like a robotic, robotic yes. voice as well, which I kind of quite liked mm-hmm. as well.
1: Yeah, definitely, I had that noted down. I liked that one as well, and yeah, all the sounds look really good. Apart from there was one point where they put on a, a mask for climbing Everest, and yeah. they had a muffled sound effect for the mask, which artistically is good however I did think it then made the audio maybe slightly hard to understand yeah. I think I'd maybe have liked that effect but a bit less because yeah. um, it felt like you sort of reduced the accessibility a little bit there if you can't actually quite make out the words so clearly But, like, apart from that, I thought it was all really good because you felt like you were going on this journey with them, you know? You could hear Missy flying around the room at the start that felt like flying around the room. You thought you were travelling all this way. You thought you were definitely in this time machine teleporter kind of thing with all the buttons everywhere, and then you were out in all these different places, and it was just absolutely superb and very immersive. And really interesting because, yeah, this is you know, in a sense, this is a, a fact book. This is a nonfiction yeah. book. Um, and I didn't know what to expect going into it. Apart from obviously, I was expecting that because I knew it was about the natural wonders of the world. I wasn't expecting this kind of framing device of the fictionalized, we're adventurers, and we travel in a sci-fi way kind of thing. But I absolutely loved that. And um, so yeah, and obviously, we've reviewed a lot of nonfiction on here, and we've reviewed a lot of the kids, but we've not really listened to kids non-fiction in audio on this and I've certainly not listened to that much of it Uh, but it was really cool how this one was done definitely and like the different facts as well like you get in a kids nonfiction book you know where you have lots of tables with figures and things like that and a lot of that is included which for me personally just kind of went in one ear and out the other because i'm not a very facts kind of person but i know that a lot of kids will be and will absolutely love that and you know they'll be reeling off that fact that they heard in chapter whatever to all their friends and stuff like that so um yeah i think there's something for everyone you can either sit and just enjoy the being told it and let some of it wash over you or it can be like wow okay i'm gathering all this information kind of thing
0: yeah, I think that's the one maybe weakness of the book, kind of when you do have lists within audiobooks. I think mm. we kind of talked a little bit about this when we were discussing Davina McCall's
1: right, yeah, book. No.
0: Kind of like sometimes when you are reading a factual book and it's kind of like got a list or it's kind of a list of advice or something, sometimes that does just work better on paper than in audio mm. because you're finding yourself you needing to make notes and things like that. But yeah, definitely having the histogram reading out those list of facts. I thought I'd caught the histogram in like um in a uh, mistake, but they quickly kind of like put the facts into uh, context. I yeah. was like, oh okay, fine, you, you <laughs> got the facts correct. So yeah, yeah, but it's kind of enjoyable uh, yeah, yeah as well. It's kind of like quite short. And then again Definitely. you mentioned kind of the short chapters as well. So if you just want to listen to a little bit and then kind of leave it for a while. It's not like you're missing out on too much yeah
1: yeah Yeah, for sure I kind of felt it was a bit of a shame that the chapters have like chapter three in between because you know you ended the chapter before with and we're traveling off to this next place engine noise and stuff like that and you sort of forget that you're listening to a book you know because you're going on the journey with them and then suddenly there's someone going chapter three in the middle but I also understand that for navigating an audiobook that you're likely to stop start and listen to at different points that having that in there is very important in that functional sense. So I can understand why it's there. Um, but for me, he was just really enjoying my hour-long trip around the world and <laughs> um, enjoyed how it was there. And just as well to say on what you were saying about the facts there... I really liked the variety of it in the fact that it wasn't just that this mechanical robot voice was telling you the facts. Quite a lot of the time, it was Otto explaining it um, and what was happening. And sometimes Otto was explaining a word that he just used um, to Missy, who hadn't seemed to understand it. And other times, Otto was asking the histogram, who then read a definition of a word. So I really liked that it wasn't just a kind of like, okay, now we've got the fact bit with the robot voice. You know, it was the facts and the information was very much spread between the characters and uh, it didn't feel like you were being talked down to it was like you were being informed and you were part of this discovery um, and also you might have known some of this already and things that I just thought was uh, yeah I thought that was really really good
0: yeah to pick up on that point that um, I think is it um, Missy would Mm -hmm. kind of quite often like squawk or say something when also, uh, all of um, the histogram said a word that they didn't understand, and then they would go on to explain it and stuff like mm-hmm. that to promote. Because yeah, you know, sometimes that will happen in when you are reading like a fact based book, a word will come up that you don't exactly, understand, and yeah. having that explained to you the way that it was was, I think, really, really nice. Um, Yeah,
1: like you kind of think about, you know, reading a book out to your kids and they might ask you, wait, what does that mean? And then you pause the reading and explain that to them. Obviously, in an audio book, that's not really as easy and certainly not if you're leaving them with the audio book and then not being there with them. Um, And so the fact that this has that incorporated in there, I thought was, was really, really good. There was also, obviously, as well as it's saying facts about in this one, natural wonders, but there are tons in this same series from Ladybird that I get the impression do a very similar thing, but on lots of different topics. But also in this one, as it mentioned in the blurb, there are things about like the environment and taking care of the planet yeah. and helping our world, yeah. preserving nature and also kind of preserving Tourist attractions, you know, treating them properly, yeah. taking your litter they away with Especially you.
0: Everest and stuff like that, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, exactly, which I thought were done really well in the way that it explained to kids, wow, aren't these things wonderful, but these are the dangers that they're facing and, you know, these are the things to be aware of. I thought that was all done um, really well. I yeah. think the only one where it kind of wasn't was when they were sort of talking about the chance of more volcanoes being created and that one where everything else was left as you know, and if things get worse, that'll be terrible, won't it? And the corals won't survive and that'll be really bad. That And there might be more volcanoes. Seemed like a good thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: um, the way they presented it, you yeah. know, and kind of even just before that, when they kind of went back in time to when this one erupted and it was kind of like can you imagine losing your house because of a volcano and having nowhere to live? Was kind of said in a really happy, <laughs> yeah. happy voice. And then, yeah, at the end, it was like, if we don't change anything, we might have our own volcano. It's like, that's not that's, a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> you don't yeah. want your own volcano. Oh, and obviously, yeah, you know, Speak
0: for yourself, volcanoes are cool. Well,
1: um. this is the thing, right? <laughs> yeah, because yeah. some things are cool, and like... You know, pirates and uh, and stories and things like yeah. that. Okay, yeah, it's cool and, and kids enjoy playing it and stuff like that. But the reality of it, of like yeah. an actual pirate or an actual it will burn you alive or, you know, suffocate you, yeah. various things about volcanoes and destroy lands is not great. Yeah. So I did thought that was an odd thing where for a lot of it, it was being very sensible about okay we love this thing but we need to take care of it and being very responsible it felt a bit irresponsible to be encouraging yeah. without any you know but remember don't do this at home kind of vibe <laughs> yeah, yeah, to yeah, it yeah, you yeah, know yeah, yeah. um which i thought was funny
0: okay cool i think that's all i we've got to say on that is there any kind of other notes that you've got on there
1: i think i had a few things but it's yeah. kind of more of what we've said of just kind of like examples where it was really good you know like there was um again with the variety Instead of just reeling off facts and stuff like that, there was one point where it was kind of like a game because Otto goes like, now correct me if I'm wrong, histogram, and then gives a list of a few things and after every one gets like a ding, that was right, sound effect, which I thought was really good. And yeah, it's just another way of Mm. how can you present facts in an exciting way? Okay, well, this time when we do the facts, we're going to make it a game. And I just, yeah, I thought it was all really cleverly done. You can tell that the people who have written this have really thought about how children learn and how children are engaged in things as well as just yeah entertainment and things like that i thought it was really fantastic but yes as you say very different to the other ones and how? yeah you compare. this
0: is such a sh- tough short list i don't know how they're gonna judge it really mm-hmm. um yeah cool so yeah i think i really enjoyed this idea you know, for younger listeners readers i think this is perfect i think there's lots mm. of kids that really really have a have a laugh Definitely. listening to this and learn, learn lots of stuff i don't know if you've got any other closing mm-hmm. thoughts
1: no, for sure. I thought it was fantastic. And yeah, young kids and big kids as in adults that l- love the whimsy um, yeah. alike. I thought it was really fun. And yeah, very much kind of like on the basis of these kids TV shows work really well. We're going to do that in audio and it's going to be mm. informative and fun. Just yeah. Fabulous. And yeah, great performance. Both Ben Bailey Smith and then, yeah, the other voices doing um, Missy Squawks, very emotive Squawks, and uh, the Histogram robot voice and stuff like that. All really okay. good.
0: That's great. So I think we both really enjoyed that. So that's you lot for this week's episode. Next time, we're going to be reviewing the last two books on the shortlist, which are Space Boy by David Walliams and Real Pigeons. By uh, Andrew, such a great title for a book, Real mm. Pigeons real pigeons by um, Andrew MacDonald and Ben Wood. Thank you very much for listening. If you can please continue to support the podcast by leaving a rating or a view wherever you found us. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, if you can give us a follow, that'd be really helpful as well. If you want to leave a tip in the tip jar, that would be fantastic. helps us keep the lights on. And we will be launching our Patreon soon, so please keep an eye on that as well. If you want to get in touch with us, you can uh, message us over social media at Pod. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and TikTok as well. And if you want to email us, it's at Pod. At gmail.com. Thank you very much, guys. We'll catch you next time. Thanks. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye.